This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host, Doug Cunnington. Doug, what are we going to talk about today? We're talking about the end of the year. So we are rolling up to the end of the year, and hopefully we'll publish this before the end of the year. That, that, that just occurred to me that I need to make sure I schedule this properly. But yeah, we're talking about that and things you should do from a financial perspective, of course, but I'm sure we'll talk about other stuff also. Yeah. Was 2022 a good year for you, Doug? Yeah, good overall. You know, I'm pretty upbeat. So, you know, there's a lot of aspects to life and uh, yeah, pretty good year overall. How about you? Yeah, I think so. Nothing went off the rails. Uh, I've learned a lot about myself. I think I'm in a good place with Phi. I'm going to make lots of changes soon, but yeah, life is pretty good. Nothing to complain about. And... You know, one thing uh, that maybe is obvious is the the market did terrible. So how, how can you say that everything's fine? Uh, same question to me. But yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, the market did go down the tubes, but that kind of thing. Uh, we're very thankful to be in a good position and we do not have to withdraw from our account. So none of that stuff matters unless you're actively taking money from your, your selling stocks or your selling VTSAX to fund your life. And we did not have to do that. Uh, Mindy still has a job and works. So the market was absolute shit. And that was slightly weird to watch after so many great years, right? We've been on an epic bull run and we've had little hiccups, but this one, I don't know when it turned like January, February, probably whenever all day. The war stuff started and it hasn't recovered and it continues to go down as rates go up. Right. Yeah. And then inflation hit also, which is a double double whammy. Something I don't, I don't think like we really considered. We, you know, we're, we're older, Carl, you and I, and we've seen some recessions like as adults. So probably like three of them or so. Is that about right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, definitely 2008, the... There was the tech crash, 1999-2000. Mm-hmm. I was in the workforce then. You might not have been. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure. There's probably a third one in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, this one right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we've been through three. And the first couple, which in a future episode we'll actually talk about, are, you know, an experience and how we reacted to recessions. But now we've been through a few of them. And, you know, through the data, historical information that we have, like we know like we're going to hit these downturns sometimes and it's actually fine. We expect it. Hopefully it doesn't last too long, right? Like we're not, um, we're, we're not that bulletproof where, you know, if we have like a decade long recession, like happens, I don't know, every 50 years or something like that. I'm not a historian, but something like that, um, that would suck. We'd have to adjust a little bit more, but Anyway, yeah, good year overall, and we are wrapping it up. So, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the activities and things that we do at the end of the year. So, yeah, what, what do you guys uh, do? Yeah, one of the things we like to do, the first one, is probably review our investments and specifically our allocations. And 
we review this to decide where any remaining money should go to. So for example, if we've had a great year and made a lot of money, then we try to make sure our 401ks are maxed out. We have a solo 401k, Mindy and I do. So if you make a lot of money, it's advantageous to put as much money into that 401k to reduce your taxable income. On the other hand, if you didn't make as much, maybe then you want to focus on the Roth IRA. So end of the year is a great time to to do that calculation. Sure. Yep. And we, um, you know, we've this has been a theme. So, you know, we stopped contributing to our, you know, retirement accounts a little while back. Here comes the hate mail. I started back a little bit because I do have a solo 401k and I have been, you know, during good years, I will put a little money into that area. And additionally, right? So big picture, zoom out. This year, the market's down. So we know since we're wiser than we were 20 years ago, I'm thinking I'm going to put even more in because usually, um, and you can look historically, you know, the market goes down you know, 20, 30% in some shitty years. Uh, the years after that, it's up like 20 or 30%. And if you, you know, look at the bottom versus like, you know, the localized peak there, you have great returns. So this is a year where I'm like, oh, I'll put a little more money into those accounts. I don't need to access it. And, and by the way, I stopped contributing to uh, those retirement accounts because we were looking at sort of a, a balanced, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's the right term, but our portfolio has three different areas. So it's the retirement accounts, a Roth, and then post-tax uh, brokerage accounts. So there's different areas that gives us flexibility. It's not purely optimized for returns. It's optimized for flexibility. So that that's why um, still send the hate mail. Doug at milehifi.com. And I would say the other thing you might want to do is just review your investments in general. If you had a bunch of high growth stocks, you were probably, you probably did really well up until this year. Is that really where you want to be? The This past year made a strong case for VTSAX. But again, that's only a short-term phenomenon. But I think it's always good to ponder these things. Maybe not take action. Be careful about that. But just review where you're at and make sure you can sleep well at night with what you're invested in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the list of uh, the, the outline that you created here and, you know, you know, review investments. And that's one thing that we do, like we don't have as rigorous of a process it looks like, but, um, you know, we'll look at our net worth, which we do twice a year, you know, mid-year and then end of year. So we'll We'll tally up everything, have a quick look, see how it did. We've been doing this since 2014. So now we have like a pretty cool data set where you can go along and like look at those good years, look at the flat years, and then what happened afterwards. So this is why, you know, I think both of us are like, oh, this is not great. It'd be better if if inflation was lower and the market kept going up. But I, I feel like it's going to be okay. So we take a look at those couple areas and, you know, we will be, you know, reviewing the budget and we haven't necessarily um, gone through and, and thought, hey, this, this was a bad um, expenditure. This was a good one. But I think sort of internally um, and during the year, we're thinking, oh, that trip was great. We want to do that again. Or the way we did this specific trip didn't live up to our expectations, that sort of thing. Got it. Can you think of anything you 
bought this year that you regret, or are there any changes you would make just off the top of your head? Uh, n- nothing big. And I, I actually bought, you know, a couple of guitars this year and, um, I'm happy with those. I'm happy with the, the purchases. So overall, I can't think of anything, but maybe I'll, I'll come back to it if something comes to mind. What about you? Yeah, maybe that house we bought to work on because we bought it with a margin loan. And when we bought it, rates were 1% and now they're almost 5%. So our cost to carry it went from like 500 bucks a month to 2,500 a month. And we should be able to get more for rent. But had I known that the world was going to flip upside down. Oh, and the other thing is real estate is just, it's in a correction now. So the timing was uh, was not the greatest, but that is just the short term. What's going on in the short term, I think over the long term, it'll be fine. But it's still, it's weird. It's kind of crazy how fast everything changed. I, I think it's good. It's uh, when these things happen, especially when interest rates go up, there's a famous, I'll back up a second. There's a famous Warren Buffett quote, which I quite like. It says, you'll see who's wearing shorts when the tide goes out. And and there's a lot of people skinny dipping out there. What, what have we seen? I think two crypto exchanges went bankrupt this week, FTX and uh, BlockFi, or both went under. And uh, yeah, a lot of these tech companies who were living on 0% money or very cheap money, or their business right. model is not going to work out. So it's it's cleansing. It's good. The strong will survive and the weak will not. So hopefully we end up in a better place. And yeah, I have a couple follow-ups. So number one, did you say your expenses for the new home went from 500 bucks a month to 2,500? Uh, yeah, let me do the math in my head. It was 1%. Yeah, it would have been like five thousand a month. Well, five thousand dollars a year if you borrow five hundred thousand dollars on one percent. That's five thousand a year. And now they're f- about five percent. So now it's twenty five thousand a year. So my math was a little bit off. It wasn't five hundred a month. It was four hundred a month. But okay. still, it's gone up five x. Okay, so four hundred up to two thousand. Yeah, got it. Um, yeah, still, still a big deal. And the the thing is, it would have been fine. You know a year before or whatever and you got a good deal on the house right because you financed it the way you that you did yes and that that's the risk right it's brilliant that you could do it but like there's a risk and you hit like bad timing and all that stuff yeah and i I was thinking about it the other day we might still be able to sell it for a profit but that's not taking into account the time i've put into it so we probably have 550 into it now and i think i'd be able to sell it for more than that after transaction costs, but I've put the last three or four months of my life into it and we're not quite done yet either. Hence the, you know, long absence from Carl and many people filling in, but um, it sounds like you're getting close or at least that's what you say every time I see you. Yeah, it's very close. And then we add something else to the project (laughs) or I find some other Mickey Mouse shit that the previous person did to it, like putting Water supplies on an exterior wall. If you live in an environment where it gets down to zero, you know why this might be a bad idea. Your pipes will freeze and blow up. So, yeah, I just discovered yeah. that last week. So, Oh, shit. Well, yeah. And it's going to be very cold. It is going to be very cold. So, yeah, I'll probably fix that problem today, actually, right after we're done recording. <laughs> and I think um, this this is a side side topic, but now I'm I'm learning that – any project takes about three times as long as I think and takes like twice to four times as much effort. 
Um, so whenever, whenever you scoped out the project and you were like, it'll be a month, I was like, there's no way it's going to be a month. Like that's only if everything works out and nothing ever works out. Like not, not you specifically, but like I said, my projects that I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, this should be pretty quick. It's like, it's never fucking quick. There's always something that happens or like life happens and you're like, oh, I can't work on it for a little while. And you had no way to know, right? Who would put the plumbing on an exterior wall? It gets like, it'll be single digits like tonight. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go turn the water off right after this and, uh, <laughs> Move that plumbing, not, not kidding either. So hopefully this will go out in a couple of weeks. Hopefully by the time you hear this, the house hasn't flooded. That would be bad. We just put new hardwood floors in there. <sighs> yeah. And it, another pro tip, if you don't really know what you're doing with, with electricity, you probably shouldn't touch it or at least watch a YouTube video because this guy did lots of Mickey Mouse stuff with switches. Man, that's nuts. Okay. So that was point number one. You hit a risky, um, or you, you knew the risk existed everything hit right and that um, was realized. So you're having to work through it, but you had enough. You know, number one, you always say you have multiple exit plans and multiple strategies and you can afford this downturn or this issue, set of issues during a downturn. Yes, uh, very. So one last thing I'll say about this is we took this money from, you could borrow money on margin against your post-tax account. Mr. Money Mustache wrote about this. I'll put a link in the show notes. And when we first bought the house, our buffer was $1 million, meaning our stock portfolio would have to drop that much before we could potentially get called out on margin. At, at its lowest, which was, I think, last week, actually, I have a lot of money in Elon Musk properties, and he is kind of unstable. At the lowest, it went down to 100000 So we were, eh, that's still pretty far, but... I'm pretty conservative. That was too close for my comfort. And we still might arrive at that point where we're, we get called out. Gotcha. So, so it had to have dropped a million and then you would get called and it got all the way to a hundred thousand. Yes. So like 90% of the way there. Yes. That's really fucking close, right? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. How nervous were you? Uh, not really. There's backup plans. We have a HELOC so we could, I mean, the worst case scenario is you have to sell stock to, for to to pay the margin down a little bit, and I, I don't really want to do that because the stock market has kicked down. But it wouldn't be the end of the world if you have to do that. Uh, we have a HELOC; we could uh, take out a loan from that and use that to do the margin. And I'm hoping if it does come to all this, it at least waits till next year when the, everything tax wise gets reset to some tax loss harvesting, maybe, and uh, pay it down that way. Gotcha, man pretty stressful for a retired dude. Um, second point is uh, you mentioned BlockFi. So BlockFi, um, I heard that they were having some trouble or whatever. So they, they're officially like bankrupt or whatever going under. Yeah. Okay. And this actually segues perfectly. So BlockFi did a ton of advertising and they sponsored stuff at FinCon, right? couple years ago. Yeah. And then they were advertising on podcasts and shows, right? Yes. And then people were like, oh man, I can make X amount in these accounts. Hopefully people got their money out. I have no clue. The fallout, do you know? I have no idea. But it brings us to our donations. So we have started a, uh, it's called Buy Me a Coffee. It's kind of like Patreon and you can support the show. So you're under no obligation. To, to donate to us, but it does help keep the lights on. 
and produce the show. There are costs associated with running the show, and we're trying to stay ad-free. So we don't have jokers like BlockFi. <laughs> they can't do anything to us now, right? No, no, we probably have more money than them. So we don't have to take money from people like BlockFi because they're paying a lot of money. No offense to anyone who took money. We have a lot of friends with podcasts. But basically, we don't want to do that if we don't have to. So there's many different levels that you can donate. You can do a one-time donation. You could do a membership um, where you you do like five bucks a month is like the, the lowest. And you get extra stuff. So some people did give us um, some shit on the YouTube side about asking for money. You know, Carl and I have done well financially over the years. And we're literally like treating this like a business because it's not a charity. Um, we do want to provide it for free, um, but it does cost money and time, our most precious asset. So we're trying to find a balance and we're not trying to be like, you know, millionaires from a podcast. We just want to cover the cost. So any any thoughts on on our donation model so far? Yeah, I, you told me about the YouTube comments. I hadn't seen them before you mentioned it, but it's interesting that uh, I don't think anyone should be expected to work for free. It, it, this money is going to go to pay our admin in the Ukraine, who, not admin, but person who edits the podcast. Uh, what are, we're probably in the hole a couple thousand bucks now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're looking to at least pay for what we've done, but... But, but I don't know. Those comments are kind of weird. Would you expect someone like a, a Warren Buffett who has enough money or a Sergey Brin or, or any one of those people to work for free? I, I don't think so. I, I hope we provide enough value where people think it's worthwhile. Right. Some yep. people. And we have a, a pretty wide, diverse audience. So there's many people that are already retired. I mean, this is kind of an advanced fi show. Like we're not covering basic stuff. We're talking about life and happiness and other things. So I, th- I think our supporters will likely be other retired folks too. Um, the other thing to add is we are doing stuff. So if you join at a certain level, you get um, basically more access to us. And one thing we haven't, uh, I haven't talked to you too much about is like, we do have an Instagram and we could do like uh, basically stories that are just for a certain level of membership. So, you know, you and I would have to just pop open our phone, do a little recording, like, hey, I'm walking in the snow today, or I'm changing these pipes because they're gonna bust tonight or whatever whatever you're doing. And then um, people get a little extra access. So we're, there's additional work that we are doing for people that are supporting the show. So. Yeah, you can learn about 401ks and PEX plumbing. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to check it out, there's a link in the, the description and it's milehighfi.com slash donate, but there'll be a link. And we appreciate the people that already hopped on and, you know, it makes the show possible Yeah, overall. Okay. So back to uh, what we're talking about here. So anything that we missed so far? I don't think so. Okay. It, you do have a note here for like any... Uh, like streaming services, because you were, I mean, a house is kind of expensive. The guitar I got is kind of expensive, but I love it. Super cool. It'll be a guitar I have my whole lifetime, you know. Um, we we don't have any like silly little tiny expenses that um, we haven't already removed. Although I just thought of one. We, we have AT&T for our phone service and we're not paying like a huge amount for the two of us. I think it's like a hundred and... $10 a month or so. Holy so, crap. That's all. 
110 bucks a month. Yeah. Oh my God. Is that a lot or a little? Yeah. I think that's a ton of money. Okay. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So that's something where I think we could dial it back. The thing is I priced out mint and I think it was going to be like 60 bucks a month. Um, so yeah, $40 a month is money, but it's not like going to change your life, right? $40 a month is important, but it's not crazy. So that's one thing based on the look that you're giving me right now, I think maybe I should look at Mint and check it out. How, how many gigs is your phone plan? I, I, I wonder. I don't know, like six, okay. something like that. Yeah, so I was on, on Tang and I hadn't changed my plan for like years because I thought it was great. I was only paying like 25 bucks a month or something like that. And then I look and the plan I had signed up for isn't even offered on there. And then their new plans are way cheaper with way more shit. Like I think I get... Like talk and text are apparently free now, and I'd bypass that by using my phone as a dumb data pipe, which is a whole text, another text story that people don't want to hear. But then it's like twenty five bucks for five gigs of data, and talk and text are free. Yeah, and that's for the whole family. Uh, oh, that's for one phone, but twenty five okay. bucks for a phone. I think it does get cheaper if you have multiple people on there, but still, two okay. people would be like fifty bucks. Okay. So yeah, roughly the same. Like I said, I checked out Mint, which it could be a little cheaper now, but yeah, it was like $60. So again, we could save, you know, 40 to $50 a month, which is not nothing, but it's not like, oh my God, like you move to a cheaper city or something like that. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So I'll fucking put the AT&T thing on here. Thanks Carl for the chore. <laughs> Love sitting on the phone with them. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. And anything else? Do you have any streaming services? Do you watch much TV or shows? Or uh, whatever? I don't watch TV, but there was one that we had. I'm like, why are we paying Paramount plus nine ninety five a month? And, uh, our kids like, oh yeah, it was that tattoo show that we watched back in the spring or back when COVID was happening. I'm like, that was like a year ago or whatever. Why are we still paying for that? Oh, I don't know. We just never canceled it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that was the only one that came up in my um, assessment. Gotcha. You watch some shows though, right? Not much. We'll usually watch like a 20 minute sitcom before bed or in season like 88 or whatever of the Big Bang Theory, the final season, that show seemed to go on forever. So we're, oh. I think we have like 10 episodes to go, but it's been a, it's like the Odyssey or something. It's been a, it's been a, <laughs> we've been watching it for like a year, it seems like. Gotcha. But that's the only thing I've watched in the past year. Man, we watched that show. I think when it first came out for a few years and then I just got sick of uh, Sheldon. He was like too mean. I was oh. like, that guy's a dick. He like, is. He's a super asshole. Yeah. And I guess you have to have that, but like they also try to make him likable. And I was like, I can't do this. And they have the laugh track too, right? I think that show was in front of a live audience. Really? Yeah. Like I, cheers? I know some people who went to see it, but you think they would say it. I don't know if it always was. They claim they went to see it, but yeah. Huh. I mean, I, I believe you're friends, right? They're probably... Uh, we've been watching um, Yellowstone recently. So we're, we're not caught up, but, you know, it, they shoot it around where we used to live and some, some of the city scenes are in Bozeman, like right on the main street. So we're like, we know that restaurant. So yeah. it's kind of fun to watch. Is that about the national park? I assume it's not a documentary. It is not about the national park. It's about a family that owns a ranch there. And um, apparently it's like the number one show in the U.S. right now. Huh, okay. So like the fifth season just came out. And anyway, it's pretty good. And, you know, it reminds me of Montana because they shoot it there. Okay. So maybe I'll check it out after we make our way through season 88 of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> All right, cool. Anything else at the end of the year that we should we should do or that you do? 
Uh, I would just check your accounts. Make sure if you're maxing out your 401k is your goal, make sure you've done that. I know for some people it's not advantageous to front load it because then your company stops the match. So you have to spread it out throughout the year. Uh, you definitely want to make sure you've done that and you only have till the end of the calendar year to do that. For a Roth IRA, you have until you file your taxes or April or tax day, whichever comes first, I believe. Confirm these facts or whatever they are with an accountant. Uh, I just read this on the internet two seconds ago. The other thing I usually forget to do is if you have a solo 401k and if you have over $250,000 in there, you have to file a form 5500 easy and you have to state how much money you had at the end of the year. And I always forget to do it. So then I always have to go back and do all this stupid math. What was VTSAX on 1231, a date of when the market closed and do all that. So this year I'm going to remember to do it. So okay. 5,500 easy form. I think they'll hit you with big penalties if you don't file that sucker. Got it. Cool. Well, and if you have any tips out there for what you do at the end of the year, you can leave a comment over on the YouTube side, or you can leave us an email, send us an email that is at, uh, what is it? Carl at milehighfi.com or Doug at milehighfi.com. And, and I have them routed to a shared inbox. So we, we both see them. So don't think you can send secret messages to one of us or the other. Right. How, yeah. how, how do they send secret messages? How would you recommend yeah. that? I don't know. They probably have to get our personal email or ping us on Instagram, which I still don't know how to use. So that might not be effective <laughs> for me. Okay. Yeah. If you need to get in touch with us, you can investigate and figure it out. Cool. All right. Thanks, Carl. And um, we'll see you next time. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast. And I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host. And Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. What's your favorite pie? Well, I'll tell you my favorite pie, and I have a good story around it. We went to, you ever been to the, what's that barbecue place in town, like Smoke and Dave's or Famous? No, Smoke and Dave's always mix those two up, the chain one with the local one. And they have a Kentucky bourbon, like pecan pie thing. And I love that. It's so good. So Thanksgiving rolled around a couple of years ago, and I'm like, hey, Mindy, you should make this. And uh, Mindy is not a super rule follower which is probably good for FI, but maybe not so good for recipes. So she comes to the part where you pour the bourbon in, 
And I don't know how much she added, but the pie came out tasting like bourbon with a little bit of pie in there. I'm like, oh my God, the kids are going to be <laughs> drunk just smelling the pie. Like, and it, it did not work out. But I still like the pecan, Kentucky Derby pecan pie. Is, is that how you say that? I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me, it, it was hard. You asked me this earlier, just actually in normal conversation. And, you know, we're coming up to the holidays, so I was thinking pumpkin pie. And I also like key lime pie quite a bit. And then you mentioned the pecan pie, and I thought, well, I like pecan pie too. So really whatever pie is in front of me, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that looks like a really good pie. I love this one. So kind of like beer. True. They, they all have, like depending on the season. So like in the summer, maybe a cold key lime pie fits. And then we're rolling into the holidays. I'm thinking about Thanksgiving and Christmas and I'm thinking about pumpkin pies. So yeah, I'm all over the place. And I, I like, I think... You know, most pies have their place. Do you like cheesecake? Yeah, I love cheese. Cheesecake uh, is my favorite. So Yeah. We invited someone to Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, and he made this big-ass Snickers cheesecake. Oh, it was so good. That or a Butterf- Butterfinger one. Ugh. Mm. And we, yeah, like an Oreo one with like fresh whipped cream. Now, um, you should invite the, the cheesecake person again to, uh, to an event. Get him to make cheesecake. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you're invited. You, your cheesecake, and you are invited. Yeah. Just be sure you bring that cheesecake. Guy. Excellent. We'll see if he's coming to Thanksgiving. 